to the C Word Radio, the podcast where we ask, what the f*** does young cancer survivorship mean? With me, Helen King, and guests. Subscribe and rate on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Welcome, Gabby. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you here. I love talking to different people and I feel like what I'm just learning more and more is that our experiences just have no boundaries. <laughs> you know? So true. <laughs> yes, 100%. <laughs> Let's start off with the wonderful group that you have because it has the best name ever, mostly because I love <laughs> nachos. But <laughs> tell me a little bit more about health nachos. Sure. So it's Love Health Nachos, and that's my Instagram page that I started in 2018. And it's basically just where I started to grow my thyroid cancer community. I got diagnosed in 2018 and quickly realized that I was in the minority of thyroid cancer patients because I was young. I was in my 20s. I was only 26 when I got diagnosed. And I didn't see anyone who looked like me, who was young, working, professional, living on her own, trying to make the best of her 20s, they were all older patients, which, of course, cancer comes at any age. There's no limit, obviously, but it was hard to relate to anyone who was super older than me, you know, retirees and people who were kind of at the later end of their lives where they were able to kind of take it in such a different way than I was. So I was desperate for community, desperate to find people who understood it, people who got what I was going through from down to the, to the young age that I was. And that's how Love Health Not Just just came to be. And I started to find people who were in similar positions as me, you know, in their twenties or even younger than me who were diagnosed with thyroid cancer. And it was really such a wonderful escape to be able to go to that community and be like, you get it. (laughs) I can ask you all of the questions and you won't think I'm crazy. And you have similar experiences as me. You have different ways of looking at things. The perception of thyroid cancer when you're a thyroid cancer patient is very different than the perception of it when you're not. So just that whole community truly changed my life um, in the best way. And I ended up starting support groups for thyroid cancer patients and survivors through Love Health Nachos. And I host them monthly. And it's just been another really great outlet for me being, you know, a thyroid cancer survivor myself, but then also having these amazing people come and join these support groups and just want to help each other and want to sit with each other and listen and show this level of empathy that I don't think you understand unless you're a cancer survivor or patient. And I know you and I have talked about that in the past of like, we kind of join this club, this really miserable cancer club. But when you have people in it with you, it just makes it a lot more bearable. It's honestly like the shittiest club in the world. <laughs> Beyond. It is the worst <laughs> club to join. I hope no new members join. <laughs> I hope it's a capped group because it really is just awful. <laughs> it costs hundreds of thousands of dollars. <laughs> yeah. It's emotional trauma. <laughs> it's, it's physical trauma. I mean, it's every type of trauma you could ask for. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but we're, all, but we're all doing it. Yeah, but it's so exclusive. So <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's a very exclusive club. You have to be someone to get into it. <laughs> Definitely. So I'm intrigued as well because I know I've been learning, I guess, as I talk to more and more people that I feel like our experiences are often quite similar, but there can be those slight differences because different types of cancers have different treatments and they affect different parts of our bodies and side effects and things. I'm really curious when you talk about the differences perhaps with older folks who might get thyroid cancer and younger ones. What were some of those differences that you became aware of as you were trying to find somewhere to to sort of fit? Yeah, so that's a really good question. I think the biggest one is that I, I remember specifically I had about, I think she was like 70 years old in a support group that I found when I was living in Atlanta, Georgia. And she was so sweet, really wonderful woman. But she said, you know, if you ever have a bad day with symptoms or side effects, just take a nap. Just take a nap and you'll be good. I was 26 at the time working a full-time job. This was before the pandemic. I was going into the office. I was traveling for work. 
I literally remember being like, what, when will I take a nap? When will that be part of my normal day? And it was things like that, which I felt was, were so just missing the mark for younger people of people who were not able to take naps in the middle of the day because we're not retired. We're not, we're still working. We're still in the workforce. And then there was other things, you know, of, well, I'm glad I got this later on in my life because it's not affecting me in a way that it would when I was younger where I, you know, it's okay if I don't go out and I'm not traveling as much and I can't do all the things that I want to do because I've already lived a lot of my life. And that just crushed me at 26 being like, oh my gosh, but I haven't. I'm so young and I have so much that I still want to do what do you mean I'm just not going to be able to do that and that fear really took over when I was hearing these stories it almost like scarred me more (laughs) in a lot of ways because it just made me realize that you know my life took such a pause right in that moment and I think that was something that was just it was just a, a strange dynamic shift from like when you're older in life getting this life changing diagnosis to when you're really I was a, I feel like I was a baby you know like I was such yeah. a young kid I was still a kid in my head even though of course I was an adult but I felt like a kid and so it was just strange and hard for me to relate to people who were taking things in a different perspective than I was. I agree totally and it's really challenging I think in New Zealand we're quite lucky because there are safety nets and all that sort of thing but they're not perfect and so you know I was just talking to someone before who was in their late teens when they got cancer and then you know obviously early 20s and things and and this was certainly something I experienced too where like your income goes And so if you don't have a partner or a family or a robust network to Mm -hmm. fall back on, that's really challenging. And in New Zealand with our social welfare, basically if you have a partner, especially if you're a woman, and it doesn't matter if you're living with them or not, you're not eligible because, of course, you know, a man will support. There's all of that stuff. Yeah, Yeah, there's all of that going on. Yeah, I can't even comprehend that. That's really crazy. Yeah, and so I I totally get that where it's like you are juggling how do I support myself financially and how do I face the possibility of my life being altered in a way that I don't recognize. Yeah, I think that was a really big part of it for me was I don't even think I, I took the time at 26 and 2018 to really understand how much my life was going to be altered but it it quickly showed its face when you know a couple months in I'm paying $50 American dollars for a pill that I will have to take for the rest of my life and I will never be off of this pill I will never have a day where I can't take this medicine for survival because I don't have the organ anymore it literally is not in my body it's not like I have part of it or it's not functioning well like it's literally not there (laughs) and I don't have this organ I need the replacement medicine to actually survive in my body to function and that still it's four years later for me blows my mind because I have days still where I just don't feel good and it's so funny that we're talking today because I had one of those days today mm. and they're far and few in between now you know it's four years later I've definitely learned how to cope a little differently I've learned what works for me what doesn't but I still have days where it really hits me and it's really hard and my energy is just plummeted for no other reason than the fact that I don't have a thyroid organ and it's things like that where people I think just don't understand it and don't grasp that. And then the financial part of it, 100%. I'm a single female living alone. I pay every single bill in my life alone. (laughs) Everything I want in my life, I pay for. My car paid for, you know, everything is mine. And I'm so proud of that. But I also have a bit of resentment of, I wish I didn't have this burden of having to pay out of pocket for CT scans or ultrasounds or the tests that I need to make sure that I'm still cancer free. Yeah. That I know plenty of 30 year olds who have not even the first idea of what that impact has on you financially. No. And also to understand that I can't 
take a job. Like I just said, I'm moving. Like I can't take a job without understanding that I'm going to have health care and health insurance readily. Like these are questions that are now second nature to me because of my experience with cancer. But to other people, I think it's just not second nature, first of all. But it's also, I don't even think on a lot of people's radars, which is on one, one point I'm so happy for people who can just, you know, live their life in ignorant bliss with that. But then there's also part of it that feels sad because I feel like there should just be such a bigger discussion about what people have to go through with the healthcare systems, not only in America, like you said, in New Zealand, like all of the complications and hurdles as women, especially that we need mm-hmm. to go through <laughs> is just, it's something that needs to be spoken about a lot more than it is. And it breaks my heart a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And I was thinking as you were talking, because funnily enough, the past week has been challenging for me. It has to be something in the air. I feel like I've talked to a lot of people who who are survivors and they're like, it's been a really crappy week. I'm like, okay, what's going on? Yeah. And I wonder whether you relate to this at all, where... It's not just for you, obviously, and I'll get you to explain more about this too, because I feel like people don't understand what the thyroid does and what happens when you don't have it. So we'll get into that. But one of the things that I find very challenging, it's not just, yeah, you're having a bad day and you feel run down and those sorts of things. It's that constant thing of, I feel like this because I had cancer four years ago and my body no longer works in the way that it did. And it's really hard because I do try and think I do have a lot to be grateful for. Um, one of the things that has been challenging me is my body just doesn't do what it did before. And it's even, gosh, and it sounds so silly when I say this out loud, but I walk my dogs a lot because they are little, oh, they're little gremlins and they need to walk. <laughs> I love dogs. <laughs> <laughs> and I was feeling really good because I was like, oh, my fitness is increasing. Like we're going on these, these yeah. great walks daily. And then I just started getting the worst leg pain. And what had happened was that my body was my mind was going, this is great. And my body was going, what are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. No, that is so accurate. (laughs) Yeah. And so I got this leg strain that was so painful. And mentally that sort of stuff I find very challenging because there's this part of my head that goes, oh, every time I feel like I take a couple of step forwards with my physical recovery and stuff, my body just doesn't it doesn't do what I want it to and I haven't found that yeah I just actually haven't figured out how do I learn what my body can and can't do after cancer because there's no information tells me yeah (laughs) I know yeah no it's so strange that you're bringing this up because I had this same mental block today I'm not kidding you I literally was just it was one of those moments where my brain and my body just were on completely different pages of of the game. And I was so frustrated and I pride myself on now having less and less days where the mental part takes over for me. And I get, you know, really sad and upset and go back and revert straight away to the day I got diagnosed. And it's, the most depressing moment ever and it's such a scary thing to even think back on but I st- I definitely still have those days where mm. it hits me and my body and my brain just don't want to communicate well together and I immediately think wow I really wonder what my life would be like if I didn't had if I didn't have to go through cancer four years yeah. ago I really just am so curious what my body would be doing right now if I didn't have cancer and I'm 30 and I feel like I feel sometimes like I am 40 years older than I am easily just because of my body and my brain just not communicating well and yeah I definitely have moments where it's so funny that you're mentioning this because literally for the past two weeks I have been feeling great I was like oh I'm going to a new gym. I'm running again. I feel like my stamina is coming back. And I just feel like I I could do this. I could find this quote unquote new normal after cancer and I could do this. And I'm going to, I'm going to be the best version of Gabby ever after cancer. And I had that like momentum and I don't know why, but literally from like Sunday to today, 
sorry, in America, because I know yeah. you're like a day ahead. <laughs> but it literally, for me, I the last three days, I have just felt like my body was trying to scream at me to mm-hmm. rest and to take a break and to realize, hey, you actually can't do this. Your body is going to collapse. It's going to burn out on you. And it was the most defeating feeling ever because I just don't want to feel that way. I just simply don't want to feel that way. I want my body to just work. I just want it to function. I just want to feel like I have this momentum going and I want it to keep going. I don't want something that happened to me four years ago to be the reason why I don't keep the momentum up because my brain is still telling me like, we could do this. You got this. Come on, let's go. But my body is literally screaming at me to be like, if you don't girl, if you don't sit down, we're going to have a conversation later and you're not going to be happy about it. (laughs) And that's just the conversations that go on with me. And it sucks. (laughs) It just sucks. That's like the word to put it because I see so many friends of mine who are, you know, trying new workout classes and trying this and trying that and trying new diets and, you know, all the stuff that happens in society of normal living. And I can't do it. I just cannot do what everyone else is doing. And a lot of times it's really frustrating because I just, I just want to be quote unquote normal. Oh my God. And this is what I feel like we're on Helen's psychic cancer line. Because that's where I faint. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's weird that you even said this because it's a topic that I've been like in my head talking it out with myself, but haven't said out loud. And even when you said, you know, I feel weird saying this out loud, I feel weird saying it out loud because a part of thyroid cancer too that sucks is like it has the stigma of being this good cancer, of being mm. the easy cancer, of, you know, everything in thyroid cancer. Oh, you're good. It's treatable, girl. Like you have a survival rate that's super high and like all these like quote unquote great statistics. But no one talks about the aftermath and how absolutely crappy it is. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. And so for me to say that out loud, oh, I still don't feel well feel so dramatic for me. I feel shame in saying that. I feel nervous that someone's going to think I'm being overly dramatic or overly emotional. There's all of that fear that comes with it as well. But then like saying it out loud, I'm like, no, this is actually how I feel. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yes. And it's really it's funny because as you've been talking, my little brain's been going 100 miles an hour because <laughs> I feel the same way. And I, there's a couple of things there. I feel like part of it is that thing of, oh, I'd be grateful that you're alive, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's no space for us to go or to kind of process that actually, yeah, your body's not the same. And yeah. I, I'm, yeah, I'm 42 in a couple of months and I feel like a 50 or 60 year old woman, like yeah. my body hurts at night when I try and go to sleep. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. So when I'm coming down the stairs, I'll say to my partner, oh, I'm getting old. And it just, <laughs> yeah. And I think there's not that acknowledgement or that space to us to grieve the old self. Mm. And it's so confusing to figure out how do I find a new normal? Because I, I don't know what it's like in the States, but I feel like there's even seems to be like a lack of knowledge or a gap of understanding of what does cancer recovery actually look like? What what can you yeah. expect? And what does chemo and radiation do to your body that you mm-hmm. should be aware of when you're, you know, trying to figure out how to exercise again? Like, cares and so it's this part of me that thinks well it's no wonder we feel like shit yep a hundred percent there is no wonder that we feel like shit because there's nothing being told to us after care and I feel like it's you know you get the talk before cancer of like preventative care and how you can prevent this and all this other stuff and then you get the pamphlet of when you have it here's what you could do and here's the resources that you have But no one talks about, okay, what happens when you're done? What happens when the cancer's gone? Do I just go back to normal? And I think it sucks because I do feel like a lot of the time doctors in the medical profession want us to just go back to feeling normal and just want it to just like 
oh, you're good. Everything's fine again. And like, what do you mean you don't feel well? And like, look at you like you have 10 heads when you walk in and you're like, oh yeah, I have X, Y, Z that doesn't feel good in my body and I still don't feel well. So what's Mm. going on? It's like almost like they look at you like you're the crazy one (laughs) for bringing it to them. And I just wish someone would talk honestly to cancer patients and just say, hey, it's not going to be the same you once you go through this. I don't care if you've gone through it for a year. I don't care if you've gone through it for six months. I don't care if you've gone through it for 16 years. You know, I think cancer is cancer and it affects you and it impacts your life and impacts your body and impacts your mental health. And there needs to be resources. There needs to be a conversation at least Mm. that people can say, oh, yeah, okay, that's okay. I feel that way. And I have the camaraderie with me of I'm not alone in how I feel. Yeah. And it's sad because I feel like a lot of cancer patients and survivors that I talk to, we just create our own. I mean, we just have to figure it out. I mean, this is why this podcast exists. It's why Blood Help Nachos exists. It's because no one else was going to do it for us. So we might as well just figure it out for ourselves. (laughs) Yeah. And I wonder as well, because one of the things like, for instance, with breast cancer, I think it's probably similar for maybe gynecological cancers where there's menopause maybe involved for the person, Mm. which changes the body. And I was thinking as, you know, as we've been talking, there's a lot of dialogue around, oh, you have to keep active because it will help with fatigue. And so... I remember actually that it didn't help with fatigue. In fact, Mm. if I did exercise one day, the next day I was so tired that it was really challenging. And, you know, it's really important if you are in menopause to consider your bone density and, you know, and that sort of thing and strength and stuff. And so for me, the missing piece is, yeah, great. It's important to be active for so many different reasons. But I feel like the missing piece in my experience has been, how do I get over the mental block? How do I get over the emotion of going, I used to be able to do this and now I can't. And I know you're telling me, oh, come on, do it, it'll make you feel better. But I'm going in my head, I'm so traumatized. (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. That is so accurate. And it's almost like, how dare you tell me that I could do this? Because I'm clearly having some type of issue with this where it's like, can I do this or do I have to do something else that feels better? And I feel like that's the thing too, is like, again, I just feel like people just want us to just snap our fingers and we're Mm going to be totally fine and normal and everything will go back to the way it was. And I don't know. It's just really hard when you talk, even when, even just hearing that it breaks my heart because I know so many people who Mm. feel that way and I feel that way. And it's just like, why is this not something that's a discussion with doctors? Why are we not talking about this during treatment? You know, Mm. like, Hey, during treatment, you're probably going to feel really tired. So sleep (laughs) instead of oh push yourself and I feel like it comes back for me anyway comes back to that whole idea of like hustle culture yes yeah right and it's just I hate that words or that phrase so much hustle culture of you have to grind and you have to work and you have to get up and everyone has the same 24 hours in a day and I'm like listen okay (laughs) hold on (laughs) wait a second because someone with a thyroid has a completely different 24 hours than I do. Okay. And I'm telling you that right now. (laughs) And it's just, it's just as simple as that where I'm just like, no, it's not the same. And it drives me crazy. And I'm, I don't know how it is in New Zealand, but in America it is, it is a thing to be hustle cultured out and burnout and like all of the mental health stuff. I just think it's just not a topic here at all. It's something that people don't talk about. We don't want to bring it up. It's all about more, the more you could do, the busier you are, the more jam-packed your schedule is. Yeah. You're superwoman. Then you're able to get like a little bit of respect because you've yeah. done everything you possibly could at the expense of yourself. Totally. And it, it drives yeah. me crazy. <laughs> yeah. And it's really interesting you say that because I was very busy before (laughs) and it just blows my mind now where I think I used to go to the gym on the weekends I'd be out and about I'd be able to do my housework I'd do my food prep and now it's like okay so I have to choose between do I want a tidy house do I want to go do something yeah yeah. 
do I want to do my grocery shopping? (laughs) Totally. It's like you have to pick and choose and that's okay. And I mean, my friends and family will probably tell you I'm still very busy and that's on me. I do that to myself where if I have one, and I, I think though, and this could be something too, I think that's also me not wanting to sit with my brain because yeah. my brain will be the first one to be like, you're not the same, Gab, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's like my way of just like pushing through to be like, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. And then I'm, and then literally the next three days, like I just told you, like Sunday to today. I feel like crap. And it's like, oh, I I wonder why. I wonder why I don't feel well. And it's like, because I've been pushing myself to the brink of what I could do. And to your point, it's scary because then I'm like, okay, now this next week I have to plan it out of like, what can I do today? What do do I want to go for a walk today? Or do I want to do a lot of laundry today? Like which one comes first on the totem pole? And it's So it is one of those things for me, at least, where I get so upset by that because I'm just like, I used to be able to do it all. And I used to be able to do it all with flying colors and would feel great and would never feel, you know, an ounce of fatigue come on and or mental blocks or any of it. And I just think now I see so many people where I preach it. I'm like, no, rest, take your time, you know, take your PTO, do all the things. But take care of yourself first and I'm, I'm the worst person because I don't really act on that myself I like will preach it till I'm blue in the face but I can't personally get myself to do it uh, me too I think this is a really good way to segue into the thyroid because I because yeah. I have interviewed lovely Julia about her thyroid cancer yeah. experience and my dear friend Alyssa had thyroid cancer and then I also have a friend who after a pregnancy actually developed thyroid problems i don't know if they're related but that was yeah. sort of the, the thing and i had no idea what the thyroid did and just watching yeah. like, even my friend that goes through it is yeah it's been so challenging so i would love you to educate people a little bit on what it's like not having a thyroid and yeah. actually what does the thyroid do yeah so first i'm disclaimer i'm not a medical professional yeah. i have no medical training so take all of this with a grain of salt but yeah I didn't know anything about the thyroid either until I got diagnosed which is scary because I had no idea where it was in the body I had no idea what the shape of it was or anything but it basically is an organ a tiny butterfly shaped organ that sits in the center of your neck and it does a whole lot for your body function a lot of people call it like the quote-unquote nucleus of your body because it basically The best way to describe it is it transmits all of these different signals to different parts of your body so that it understands what your body needs to keep functioning properly. So your metabolism, your heart rate, your brain function, and I'm saying this because brain fog is a very big symptom of just how your brain functions and actually can receive information and retain information your skin cells everything from like your dermatology you know of your skin cells can even change once you don't have a thyroid and then I mean it really could be everything it could be your menstrual cycle as a woman that could be impacted PMS all of that could be impacted weight gain like I said for metabolism is a huge thing heart rate is actually a big thing with it and that, that depends even on if you're on a type of hormone replacement medicine it controls. You could see like either your heart will slow down or you'll have palpitations from your heart. So all of that's also controlled by it. Um, it's so close to your neck and your vocal cords that people actually have symptoms of vocal cord damage during surgery because of it. So that's not necessarily because of the thyroid, but it's because of the surgery to remove the thyroid. And Basically, it's to help your entire body just function as a normal human should function. <laughs> so when you don't have one, yeah, it really can screw up a lot of different parts of your body. The biggest ones, like I mentioned, brain fog is a really big side effect where if you used to say, oh, I could retain information, I still feel like I can retain information, but I have so many days where my brain just will not want to retain a single thing. And I just feel completely foggy and blurred and just feel like my brain is not keeping up with even what I'm saying. (laughs) So I feel like I have slight stutter sometimes because I'm just trying to keep up. Um, The metabolism is a very big one as well. A lot of people develop something called hypothyroidism and then hyperthyroidism, which are both from your thyroid, but when you don't 
have the thyroid. It's basically being controlled by the thyroid replacement medicine. And basically it's, it means that your thyroid function, quote unquote, because you don't have one, is either going to be a slowed thyroid function or a hyper, a fast thyroid function. And both aren't necessarily good for your body because that, again, can impact the metabolism, how you gain weight, how you Mm. lose weight, how your body will react to different foods, how your body will react to different exercises. Um, My skin, I remember, was a very big side effect for me. It still is hormonal acne happens a lot for people because, again, your hormones are directly connected to the thyroid. So anything to do with hormones is automatically going to be affected being on birth control and then losing a thyroid is also a lot of issues with that and then having just being a woman and having you know the the menstrual cycle itself no thyroid it can play a big factor in pmsing and um your cramps and everything else that kind of happens can all be affected because you don't have a thyroid so it's everything in your body oh and then another one that i always forget but i dealt with a lot was joints so it actually helps or i mean if you have one that functions it helps with your joints but when you don't have one you can actually develop a lot of joint pain and a lot of joint damage um so a lot of people get arthritis or rheumatoid arthritis or anything like that as well after um and that's also because your body's not producing as much collagen because again hormones and all of that aren't working well so yeah, I don't know if there's anything else in the body that it could possibly control, but it's everything. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Oh, it's so challenging, isn't it? Because I think that especially, because I had a thought before how we were talking about trying to accept how our lives have changed and, you know, that sort of struggle. And I think, I wonder if part of the problem is, is that in the society we live in, we value certain things. And so if your body doesn't do those things, like if your body isn't the right shape, if your skin breaks out and the list goes mm-hmm. on and on, that makes it so much harder to then sort of go back to normal because yeah. we're told that this isn't normal. Your body is not normal. Yep. Oh my gosh. Especially when you're younger. I feel like that, I hate to even admit that because I feel like it makes it really superficial and like a little vain. But I remember my first thing was, oh, I just don't want to have a scar in the middle of my neck. Like how embarrassing that this huge scar is going to be on my neck. And I mean, I'm very lucky now you can barely see my scar, but I genuinely at the first, before I knew it was even cancer, I had a partial thyroidectomy. And I was 26, you know, and I was like, I don't want to have this huge scar on the on the top of my neck. And then it got even deeper of like, okay, now I can't lose weight the way that I used to. And mm-hmm. I was an athlete my entire life. I love going to the gym. I'm that girl that liked to keep active. And no matter what I did, even if it was all the things that I used to do, you know, I would lift weights, I would go running, I would do all the things that I used to normally do. I still would not budge with my yeah. weight and my and the scale or anything. And it's something I still deal with four years later. It's probably the biggest side effect that I still deal with. Yeah. Because my body just does not want to cooperate and figure out what's going to work. And I think those are things, to your point, yeah, it's totally just a mental block and an emotional mm-hmm. block. That was probably the biggest emotional thing for me was, okay, I used to be this size before cancer and now I'm this size. I've yeah. never been this size. How, yeah. how do I even how do I even love myself at this size? Let alone walk into a world as this new person, this new version of myself and expect anyone else to love me at this size. You know, like it's literally that traumatic for me and it was yeah. it's traumatic for so many people I know and then that's the thing. It's it's as, as deep as that as like how am I supposed to love myself? when I don't even recognize myself. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah. Cause I've said quite a few, you know, say to people that I don't recognize myself in photos of before oh, cancer. Like same. I look at that person and go, that's so fucked up. <laughs> but that's yes. me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my and, gosh. That is so true. That is yes. Emotionally that messes you up. Yeah. I look at that girl and I'm almost like, poor thing didn't know anything. <laughs> that girl did not know anything and yet I do not recognize her that's such a good way to put it yeah 
Yeah. And I was thinking about this actually, because one of the biggest things for me at the moment is dealing with post-traumatic stress. And I'm about to start a new type of therapy where it decreases your reaction. It's sort of, it's almost rewiring your brain. And I was thinking about this, that, you know, we're given all this advice of, you know, get your lifestyle back together and all of that stuff. And I've come to the realization, and I I wonder if other people can relate to this, that how on earth are you meant to get your life back in order if you're severely traumatized? Like, I have ADHD, and so executive function for me is a big issue anyway, but telling me to make sure that I'm eating really well when there are some days where I can, you know, like functioning is actually really challenging yeah. and just feeding myself something is like, mm-hmm. is a, a an achievement. Yeah. yeah. Telling me to make sure that I'm eating well and getting enough mm-hmm. sleep and exercising. It's like, how? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I totally relate to that on so many levels because Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. I think that even just the food part of it. So with thyroid cancer afterwards, they say some of the diets that you could try out to help lose weight and all this stuff and like to help your body kind of function again. They say like, try a gluten-free diet, try a dairy-free diet. I, I still feel this way. I was like, you expect me to go from First of all, living completely normal and eating whatever the hell I wanted and still being able to lose weight, have myself feel normal, that version, like before cancer, first of all. And then second of all, now I have already lost so much in my life. You want me to just continue to take things away from myself and to like basically live I'm very dramatic about this because I'm Italian and Cuban. So food is a big part of my life. I'm like, you're expecting me to live miserably with food that I hate and I just went through this traumatic experience and it's still taking from me are you kidding me like it just did not comprehend for me I was so pissed and I still get mad about that because there's so many people to this day who will still be like oh try this diet oh try that and I'm like to your point the PTSD that I experienced was the same thing was I cannot even begin to experiment or try something new or like Mm. trying something new telling that to someone who's traumatized and someone who has high functioning anxiety yeah telling me to try something new is like telling me to try like a drug in a back alley of a freaking like i'm like excuse what i'm so scared that's terrifying to me that is the scariest thing you can tell me to do like no i need structure i need to know that i'm in control i need to know that i have everything at my beck and call and when you're telling me I'm going to take things away and this is how we're going to do it and tackle it it scares the crap out of me so your point yeah the PTSD makes it so much harder to heal (laughs) yeah and I've just been realizing more and more that I actually need to heal that part before I can really embrace yeah lots of different things yeah I was thinking as you're talking I'm like you can take ice cream out of my cold dead hands. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so true. And a big thing for me is coffee. Coffee yeah. is like my love. I love coffee. I love the smell of coffee. I love the taste of coffee. It's like my favorite thing in the morning. And I remember people used to tell me, and they still tell me, not used to, they still tell me, like, oh, it's really bad for your hormones. It's really bad. And I'm like... <laughs> I don't care what it does to my body. I need my coffee in the morning. That is what makes me happy. And I'm not taking away the joy in my life because you tell me to. And I think that's something that I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but like I hold on to joys in my life so much harder now than I ever have before. Where like the little tiny things in my life that bring me joy, I am, I hold on to them so tightly because I never want someone to take them away from me. Totally. Oh, yeah. absolutely. And I, and I think food is such a fraught thing because uh, you're right. You've touched on you know culturally for people it can be a way that the family comes together or the community comes together. And so food has so many things to it. And then on top mm-hmm. of that, there's the diet culture. And yeah, there's so many things that you could so put on percent. that. And then you step into the cancer community and you're whacked in the face with all sorts of wacky ideas yeah. I just think can you just let me eat 
Yeah. Can I just have a meal in peace? <laughs> like, gosh. And then the thing, too, it's like, I think everything in our society right now is being there's like scare tactics with yeah. everything lately it's oh that that can cause cancer oh that can cause cancer oh that that can be that's really unhealthy for you oh that's really scary don't do that either there's yeah. just this like fear tactic that's being completely berated to people in the media and yeah. that too just like drives me crazy and i don't know about you but i've gone to a point where i a can't listen to it and i don't really pay attention to it and then b I'm almost, this is probably not what I should be saying, but there's a part of me, it's like, okay, great. If that's what's going to happen to me, then I yeah. will handle it. But like, I'm still going to eat the freaking French fry and I don't really care what you say. <laughs> I, I Sorry. Like I'm, I'm still going to McDonald's and getting a fry. So yeah. Diet Coke and a French fry is going to, is going to cheer me up today. So that's what we're doing today, folks. Okay. Like, I don't really care how bad it is for me. <laughs> It's so funny. Oh, gosh, I relate to that so much. Because, yeah. like, even last night, we got to 7 o'clock and we're taking the dogs out and we're just like, let's go buy something. And sometimes I feel like if that's the easiest thing for you to do in that moment, then, like, just do it, you know? Do Life it. is fraught enough. Yes, 100%. And even for me, like, I love candles. I love the fall in, in New York where I am. And I just feel like... For me, there's so many people who are like, oh, you shouldn't use candles. They're really bad for your health. And I'm like, I have a whole shelf worth of candles that you will never take away from me. So <laughs> go ahead and tell me how bad they are for me. I don't care. Exactly. <laughs> it's joy. Oh, exactly. Oh, I love that. I feel like that's a really good note to end on about joy and actually, yeah, think about what brings you joy. And yeah especially if you're you know anything that has resonated today that if you are feeling traumatized or confused that sometimes just finding that little piece of joy is so beneficial oh yeah joy for me has been a word that I have held on to for four years I look for joy I intentionally look for joy in my life and it's the you know the smallest thing in the entire world of I'm being really honest, so like watching Gilmore Girls for the 700th time brings me complete joy. Like in my soul joy, okay? Yeah. I could sit in front of my TV, be left alone with just Gilmore Girls and I'm, I find joy. And then there's <laughs> joy also in the really big things. Like I love that I'm able to even have these conversations with people like you who are putting in the work in this community and just... Being able to share this type of information brings me joy because it feels like it's important to share that type of information. And again, that joy that we need to find even in the darkest times, like something like cancer. Mm. I just feel yeah. like joy is its something that we forget about so easily in our culture and it's so small. Even the word is small. It's just three letters. Yeah. And you just got to hold on to things that bring you joy. And I don't really care what that is for anyone. As long as it's not hurting anyone, I yeah. think just find the joy. <laughs> Absolutely. And if people, um, younger folks who are impacted by thyroid cancer want to find you, where can they find Love Health Nachos? On Instagram, so it's at Love Health Nachos. That's exactly where you can find me. And yeah, I hope to hear from anyone who wants to join the community. Everyone's welcomed. And thank you, Helen, so much. This was so wonderful. I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with me. <laughs> oh, thank you. It's a, a joy to have you. Thanks so much for listening. The C Word is every Sunday at 11.55 a.m. on Auckland 104.6 Planet FM. At any time at www.planetaudio.org.nz forward slash the word.
colors, movie scripts to all the six to J Lo to this headline clips. I stay grounded as the amounts rolling. I'm real, I thought I told you. I'm really leaving. Oh, no, bro. That's just me. Nothing phony. Don't hate on me. What you get is what you see.
Oh 